Hi, hello, guys, gals, not many pals, all my friends and folks out there. Welcome back to another episode of that offload. Excuse me. Wow. Wow. Oof. I finally know what this show is gonna be about. Ooh, and I was already sketching. It's really gonna kind of be about all of us just getting off of social media for a while. <gasps> Bless, I didn't do the arms. Yes, I'm sketching one of my newer characters in, like, adult form, which is kind of freaky. Don't know if I like it or not. In all honesty, I still have a very, um, mixed emotion here, but, uh, scary part is we gotta have to use a hard pencil. So, anyway. This is really just us all talking together, getting off of, I guess, social media a bit. And just, you know, chilling. I don't like that. It's too big. I need her fingers to be perfectly shaded in. Why? Because I'm usually lazy when it comes to fingers. And I like to use the airbrush. And the airbrush doesn't work for fingers. Because fingers... Take more precision than the airbrush. The airbrush is really flimsy. No, I don't want to have to race that much. Okay. You know, what's great? Um, I want to, like, get rid of... Okay. But anyway... This character of mine has lived a pretty harsh, brutal life within the dome system in society just because she lives in the Oriental Heights dome. And if you don't read Unseen or Focus, you probably don't understand what I'm saying. Oh, and also, if you read Unseen and Focus, you might not understand what I'm saying because this is new lore. And, uh, yes, spoilers. If you don't want spoilers, uh, you could click off because... It's not done yet. Unless you're reading it once it's done and you've already read this part and you know what I mean. But um, basically these dome structures are how the Code Reds hid their bases and stuff. And it's kind of where they plant their societies now. So yeah, there's some context for you. But the Oriental Heights Dome structure, um, the, the Oriental Heights Dome which you'll learn a lot more about in the next coming episodes and really, um, I guess, chapters of this story, is where Les Casey grew up. And this dome is very strict on them. It's stricter than the other domes on Code Red traditions simply because this dome was seriously made for military conquest. For tons of military conquest, the purpose is to produce more Orangas and more fallout and if you will learn a lot more about orangas in the following um episodes or chapters as you will and more about minimas as well which we haven't really talked about we don't talk about all of them because they do get introduced at the beginning of the story and we will get to the beginning of the story and you will understand what i mean <laughs> monday but um you know She grew up in Oriental Heights, 
and Oriental Heights was basically the same standard um, 12-hour school day in the dome with etiquette classes, except the teachers were allowed to pick out what clothes you were allowed to wear based on your beauty, um, based on your beauty standard checks, and this was your homeroom teacher, regardless if it was a guy or a girl. Very insensitive, and this would really teach you a lot about social hierarchy, especially in schools, which if you've been reading and you've been caught up, you know the Code Reds highly value social hierarchy over all else. Like, so much to the point where they don't care if they hurt their own children with teaching them the harsh realities and truths of social hierarchy. Which is why this was implemented into this child's school. It's also not like the other domes. Freedom of speech does not exist here in this dome. This dome is purely made for the reading of fallouts and orangas. And because it's like that, freedom of speech is very limited here. And the only time where freedom of speech is truly allowed is when you go and study abroad outside of the dome and you live in another dome and you're not really allowed to talk about how your dome is run until you don't really live in this dome. This character is going in to the advanced, um, military training school, or TS, to other code reds. She's going to advance TS to train alongside many other candidates from the other domes because she's got some of the highest scores at her school. So, yay for her. She finally got out, which is really lucky. Her parents have always been very, very, you know, tolerant, open, opening, like, very tolerant, um, open-minded, and very accepting, especially with her. And they are only third, and her mother is, um, is second generation. Her father is third generation living in that dome. So since they're very near the dome still, they're very uncultured in the ways of the dome. And every dome has its own, you know, traditions and culture. But every dome lines up within dome culture. But their dome is very, very strict and restricting. And um, they've always been very supportive of trying to get their daughter out of there. And I mean, what the heck? Could you actually blame them? Their dome that they live in is horrid. And absolutely terrible. And their child was only trained to be a killing machine. They're no better than Lynn Helen. And that's also another character that you're going to meet and learn a lot more about in this um, chapter. Which is a really long chapter. And it's very much worth it. The digital brush. Ooh, should I use it? Mm, that's, a, like, that's a really good question. Should I? My whole entire thing is, like, I don't like double-stroking. Ooh, the synthetic tapper. Okay. Oh, double-stroking. See, this is my whole entire thing. I don't like double-stroking. I like to use really, really nice, sleek things. But, like, what is she wearing? 
I want her to be like wearing some really hot shit, okay? Like she is amazing, you know? And this is a grown version of her after she's gone through her um GS school journey and becomes what she wants and yeah, spoiler alert, she does end up becoming you know, a spy. Because that is actually what she wanted to be. But it's just so many things happen to this child. And you kind of, like, you pity her. You want to pity her, but she doesn't want to take your pity. Because she's not that type of person. And it's not that you pity her. It's that you care for her. But she doesn't see it as any other thing. She doesn't really see it as anything else. She's very much, like, glancing that way. She sticks so closely to Code Red traditions even when she doesn't mean to. Even when she's told that, hey, you're not in that dome anymore. You can go by regular societal dome norms. Heck, you could act like you're basically an outsider. You're an advanced training school student. As long as you're not so disrespectful to your superiors, you could do whatever the hell you want here. And, um... You know, even when she's given that message, she's the type of kid who just doesn't do it. You know, because she's so strict to her race. She's um, so like Lance when we think about it in that way. And the way she was just born and the way that she was just raised and like where she was from. Where she's from, they're just super, super strict when it comes to Code Red rules, Code Red way and... She follows it. Like, she follows it, man. So, you know. Since she follows it so closely, and she's been following it so closely for her whole entire life, it's kind of hard for her to, how do I say this, break out of the habit of, you know, being that way because it's just that's her that's the way it is you know she's kind of that type of girl and you know not really girl but that type of person and she doesn't mean to be so uptight and oh this is the code red way but she was born into a dome that was that way and a family who didn't want to restrict her and even did some things that were considered illegal by you know consuming outsider content while she was still too young and of age to be fully adapted to the code red way because their community is like um their community is very circle focus community it's that you know all of your actions affect everybody else's actions it's a old way of thinking because it kind of dates back to you know some of the older you know 17th 18th 19th century um you know beginning 19th century thinking um for society But their culture is based off of this in these ways because it's true. You don't keep a code red secret. 
you could take down the whole entire organization. And the whole entire job of the school is kind of to teach them how to be code reds, how to properly fit in with all societies, how to really blend in with dome culture, and also to, to you know, to properly frighten them into not giving up anything code red information related which is very messed up and that should never really be forced upon children but just think about everything else that was forced upon lance as a nine-year-old as a freaking nine-year-old to not tell he was not telling a whole bunch of secrets and not just secrets for code red which we'll learn a lot more about lance's background later in this story um but let me tell you it's hard to to put all that on a child you know children shouldn't really have to deal with that but they do and in the domes children are expected to be a lot more mature than their outside dome counterparts they're expected to be wise as hell and smart as hell too they have to work harder at everything they do to get by in life because they're just that smart. They're just that amazing. And to other people, those things are the things that frighten them. You know? And in everybody else's mind, in the people's mind, in the school's mind, because they really don't know yet, really. That's the reason why they were taken advantage of and captured and abducted. And yes, killed. And Moon Holland wanted them killed because they were too smart to live. If they lived, they would give um they would give out the plans to the whole entire world and basically tell them all of what is happening. And she couldn't have that. Nobody could blame her for being like, uh-huh, no, they are too smart to live. Cause no, they are. They're they're too smart for her to keep alive. Her and Valley Tanya Massa, who you're also going to learn a lot more about in this chapter, are way too, like, they know that Code Reds are way too smart and way too intelligent to be kept alive once privy to all of their secrets and to all of their plans. And a Code Red catches on pretty fast, especially Fallouts, because, you know, um, Fallouts have the highest IQs out of all of them, and the higher the IQ of a Fallout is, um, than just, like, a regular Fallout IQ, they're kind of given the title of a multi-Fallout, which is the title that Lance actually holds, along with a very old friend named... Dun, dun, dun. Jeremiah. Yep. Um, there are many, many different things that happened with Jeremiah, and you may not understand who Jeremiah is because, um, the actual character Jeremiah is very different from the character of Jeremiah that Lance has actually referred to. 
four. You know, the one that he referred to in the previous episode or chapter, really, um, of them back in the good old days. Yeah, this is that Jeremiah. This is not one. This is not Jason's prominent other personality that takes him over and basically does some pretty bad shit and almost destroys everybody, including himself. And uh, yeah, also Kodred. Mm. You know what the bad thing is? While I was chatting with you, I figured out. There's no way in holy heck that I use the same exact brush. Which means I have to go back and do it again. But I don't mind because I need smudge. But, yeah, no. This is a different Jeremiah clarification before you read it. Um, and it's highly clarified in the story that there are two different Jeremiahs. And you must know the difference between them at all times. Because the the actual Jeremiah and the borderline personality disorder of um, Jason's Jeremiah are two very different people and things and creatures. And if you can't tell the difference between them, then everything that's going to happen next in the story is going to um, require you to keep constantly going back and relearning the difference. And there's a giant, huge ass difference between them. There truly is. But um, if you can't remember that that well... Get yourself a note card because you're gonna need it um, to keep reading. So much happens, honestly, in this one chapter. The story really just starts to just really take off. And I am in like the last couple of, you know, parts in the chapter. And I just cannot wait because I'm so happy. It's honestly been going really well just fill this in with a medium art brush it's been going so so well so far and i just i can't wait you're gonna love the final piece of work that i give off for y'all to all read the story is gonna be so amazing but you know it's awesome honestly the whole entire thing is that I think it's so messed up about the story in general is that the fact that these kids, these kids who really haven't done anything wrong at all have just been mercilessly put on the stake and kind of just already put on trial to be crucified with like no reasoning at all except because they're really, really smart. And you know, well, a lot of people would be want to argue that, okay, well, maybe they could have avoided this all if they didn't give themselves a reason to be crucified. Um, and they kind of acted out of desperation in the beginning, and maybe none of this had to come to this. At the end of the day, Lance had to do what he had to do to form 
code red. There wasn't really a, any way around it. Because Lin Han was just going to keep killing people. Until she got what she wanted. And people were going to just keep living in fear. And there was no way that, you know, the world was going to survive her bigger plans for it. And there are bigger plans, so obviously hold on tight. (laughs) But seriously, it's just, it's a whole entire thing. So you really, really do have to, um, one, pay attention, two, also just, like, enjoy the story, and three, you know, really just understand the position that Lance was put into, and the position that, you know, he was kind of forced into and that how well maybe Lance wasn't trying to get himself crucified by his own team but because he said things and reacted poorly to the way that they reacted to him kind of pushing back and away from him caused some things and Lance just couldn't help himself and honestly That was a moment where he just lacked some maturity that he really needed. And because he didn't have that maturity at the moment, like he had the maturity at his disposal. He just wasn't using it because he was sick and tired of kind of being pushed around by the whole entire team. You know, he was just like, fuck it, fuck all of you, you know. And he was done. He was done. He was so done. And you can't blame him for being that way. But you're also like, really? Let me just get the color filter. And embellishes this color more. She looks good in nudes. She really does. Honestly, this character wears a lot of black too. Like, they prefer to wear black. But they weren't always allowed to wear black. Oh. And I had to pretend to have this fake cheery disposition. And I really don't. Like this person is a lot like, you know, Lance in many ways. Um, and honestly, such a nice person. But definitely has a cynical side. Like, really does. Because of the way that they were raised. And just because of their upbringing and everything that had happened to them and you really feel for this child because it's like well you know your childhood was really fucked up and I mean all the code red childhoods were but when you just think about her in comparison to all the other code reds and how they really truly grew up, you know, in the domes. Her life has been uh, so much different than everybody else's has been. Because at the end of the day, yeah, sure, they're all code reds. But, um, you know, she's she's been through 
literal holy heck with the world because of the dome that her parents subsequently ended up in because they were seeking safety from persecution from people who had found out that they were code reds and I guess their whole entire thing is her mother's story was really that her mom was a code red and that she never told her at all and then you know they were forced to go in a hiding so they had to go to the nearest dome possible and unfortunately for them that meant going to this dome and this dome isn't the greatest dome as you can tell as you've been hearing you know and that's why this dome is so close to everyone and close to everything oriental heights dome was literally meant to capture and take in any strays from any code red families who had opted out of of course you know deciding to transfer living their lives and having their families live in the dome which is obviously their option it's their own option it's their own decision it's their own choice it's their own children they have a right to do that but it is really dangerous especially when we take into account notice of everything that has happened to everyone um you know I think it's just, it's a lot because, you know, as a parent, you want to do your best for your child at all times, right? But, you know, as a code red, you have to understand that um, all things run deep and that, you know, while, sure, you want to actually still live in the actual world, because you think maybe your child may be better off with never knowing what Code Red was and just denying the fact of its existence. Um, point is, you can't always really do that. And there are still remnants of hate left, you know. Just because the Lepetro is put out of power, it doesn't really mean anything. You know. It just kind of meant, oh, yeah, Lepetra was put out of power because they're illegal and they were doing illegal things. But that doesn't mean that not everybody sides with, like, Lepetra. That doesn't mean that people out there didn't think Lepetra was good, you know? That doesn't mean anything, you know? And there's no real time to have a woe is me moment in this conflict or in this battle it's kind of like you know where are you gonna be for the rest of your life where are you choosing to put your children at for the rest of their lives where do you want your family to live 
because in all honesty, you know, if I was a code red, I wouldn't want my child to live, you know, outside the dome. I don't like the fact that my child has to live in a dome to be safe, but you know, fact of the matter is that they they kind of do. And because they kind of do, I'm going to put in an area, I'm going to put in a situation where, you know, my child has to um, be, my child has to be, you know, in the dome. My child has to be here. Because it's the only safe thing that I can do for them. And I think, like, okay, that's really messed up that that is the only thing that we as parents, you know, as Code Red parents, I guess could do for our children. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is this. You know, it'll kind of always remain being this way. Because there's still so much hate out there against the Code Reds. And there's so much, you know, bias towards the Code Reds. That, you know, what are you actually going to do about it? Like, it's actually unsafe for any of, you know, the Code Red veterans who've served under code red to go and get therapies though that's not something that you can fix okay that's not something that you can change that's not something that you can get rid of you'd like to but you can't you cannot get rid of people's bias you have to make them admit fault to it but It's messed up that it's true, that you just, it's something that you kind of cannot always get rid of. No, not, the whole entire world didn't think that Code Red meant anything. The whole entire world didn't think that they were threats. The whole entire world didn't also think that, you know, they were good people. The whole entire world didn't even get involved with it. People stayed neutral. A lot of people actually, in fact, decided to have no opinion. They went with the act of neutrality because Code Red was just so, so controversial. That, you know, it was the best thing that they could do for themselves and their family, especially growing up in Pinka, Texas. And that's the is so true. It applies to the real world. You know, sometimes you just can't really do anything about what's happening without hurting your family. So, well, you know, I do understand why some parents, like Rila Rayla's parents, (laughs) decided not to live in the dome. At the end of the day, Valerie was found. 
like so many other kids who weren't in the dome. And it was just so unsafe for her, unfortunately, that it was like, uh, well, um, what do you do? What do you, what do we do? You know, you want to be a good parent, but sometimes it's just, it's so hard because you don't want your child to have to deal with these heartbreaking kinds of stuff, you know, um, you don't want your child to have to deal with any of this. Because, in all honesty, your child shouldn't, they shouldn't have to. And, you know. There are always going to be people in this world. And always going to be times in this world. Where people and things are going to crucify you. Before you even do something wrong. You know, and at the end of the day, the message is, don't give them a reason to. Don't give them a reason to crucify you. But also, that when destiny comes into play, when the universe pulls the card of fate, and that it's rolling the dice of destiny, you don't always get the choice of not playing. You know? And because that's the truth, because that's how life works sometimes, you're going to just have to kind of go with it. And um, we talk about that in um, the Clance comic that is supposed to be coming out this week. And I think it's a really valuable lesson because while you want to try avoiding doing some things that may be potentially harmful and dangerous you you can't always and it sucks that that's what life is it sucks that that's how life can go and be sometimes but you know that's life and this character here has experienced all of that She's seen what decisions that can be good for some families and good for some people can be bad for others. She's seen it all. She's seen so much. You know, she's learned so much with growing up in such a different dome than everybody else has. And this is exactly why this character was made. Why she was needed. Because... Her point of view and her perspective on life and her perspective on Code Red is so very different from everybody else's that it shakes up the boat. That it, you know, makes you realize, you know, Code Red isn't a bad thing. Code Red isn't a terrible thing. But Code Red isn't always the greatest thing either. And that nobody morally is always going to be great or good. But... At the end of the day, she said Co-Red is the only choice. She says that Co-Red is it. And that's, that's 
messed up, but for her, it's the truth. And looking at her experiences, looking at what's happened to her, and looking at what's happened to other people, she honestly just is like, Oriental Heights is a problem. But Oriental Heights is also the solution. Oriental Heights supplies us and supplies you with all the safety you need to protect all the other domes. They deal with all the altercations. You've never heard of war before, have you, children? You know, you've never known anything so cruel before, have you, children? You've known nothing of hurt and despair other than what you've heard inside those domes, children. But I've lived abroad from my own dome. I've lived in my own dome. And my dome itself is confessedly terrible. It's horrible. And I never want to go back. I'm not going back. I said goodbye to my parents once in person and I can never send a letter there ever again. And I mean, it's messed up that that's what she's learned and what she's had to learn. But she learned it. She learned it nonetheless. And it makes you realize that while Code Red isn't always the best, people still will see it as the best solution compared to so many other things. Compared to, you know, being captured by Lynn Helen like Rayla Rayla was and basically going to training school there and really being put through the ringer, you know. Hey. I mean... I'll tell you this. Liz Casey can tell you in a heartbeat and in a minute that training school in Oriental Heights was supposed to mimic what you felt like in La Petra. What your life was going to be like in La Petra and with the new reformers and stuff. But she said they would always treat you like family and they never treat you like shit. And even though you didn't like your society all the time, you still lived there and you were still somewhat respected and cared for. And it wasn't like just being some type of servant tool in La Petra. And because she says this, honestly, it invokes, I feel like, you know, because she feels like this, it invokes so much in the reader. And no, we haven't gotten to this part yet. This won't be in this chapter or the a couple of following chapters. But when we get up to this point, you're probably you're really gonna love this character because of what she says, how she said it, what she's been through, what she's seen, and honestly, everything that this child becomes. And for that reason. You're gonna love her. And if that's not anything, that's how you make a lovable character. Because a lovable character is a character who does their job. And it's also a character 
He was really, really good at representing what our life is like, you know. And she'll be one of the first people who will always be like, hey, don't give them a reason to crucify or to pacify you. But don't let them make that your weakness. Hey, stand up for yourself. You know, sometimes you're being impulsive. Sometimes people are just being plain rude. Sometimes things gotta happen. Sometimes you gotta let them crucify you. And that basically speaks to what Lance did with the other paladins and her take on everything, her take on it. And I think that's the reason why we love this character so much. She doesn't take anybody's mess. She doesn't take anybody's crap. But she doesn't try to cause harm to. You know? That's why we love her. That's why we respect her. That's why she's such a good character. And this is honestly why we love her and why um, we need her as a character. And why I think Ryla Rayla becomes the person who she's going to turn out being in the future. It's all because of this one girl who gets there honestly very terrified and very afraid but comes out of there like the most mature person you've ever met and we're gonna fix apart and we're gonna keep going but honestly a character who does their job is a character that we love and a character that we love is a character that does their job so this is her purpose this is their purpose this is what they're going to be doing and if you want to know more about the story and about this character um head over to wattpad search unseen if you haven't read the series if you stopped after unseen go straight to focus Start reading, enjoy, catch up, and keep up to date. Honestly, I finished her. I'm proud of myself. She looks awesome. She looks very mature. And and I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of me. I'm so proud of you. And I feel like there's something that all of us can just take from her. Take for the journey of me especially making her but this is it um anyway i love all of y'all and i'll see you next time i hope this has been a good little 
break from social media and some parts of her reality. Peace.